Are you going to start? Am I going to start? Well, do you know what? I reckon, I reckon this is our start. Just this professional, the way we've done that. Seamless. This is really setting a benchmark for the quality of this podcast is going oh, to be. This is, this is the best. Number one. <laughs> this is a new project we're just trying out. Um, we've all been stuck in isolation for a while now. And uh, yeah, I just thought it'd be good to catch up and yeah, just muck around a bit. How are you, Jim? Yeah, all right. Just not doing much. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just for the- that was such a <laughs> okay. L- less than a minute into the podcast, and there's been an awkward oi, silence. Oi. No, 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 no. This is just the way we roll. We we're we're set, we're going apart. We're going we're going rogue. We're not. We celebrate the awkward silences here at Doozy. <laughs> we don't conform to any sort of uh, talking um, regime. <laughs> Now, Jimmy, with the lifting of restrictions, I'm sure you and many other AFL fans out there are getting pumped to uh, get back on the ground, get the season going again. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I love my footy, love my soccer, love all sports. So I'm excited just to go out there and have a kick. But like, the, like there's a couple of leagues I've been like I've been, I got behind the Belarusian Premier League. That's that's been playing through this uh, global crisis. They, it's ignored the Belarus apparently the coronavirus and the Korean league's back. So like, I've been enjoying like just watching it at home. Now, you know me, Jimmy, I'm not exactly what you'd call a footy fan. Yeah. Not really a fan of the sport. Um, to be honest, until about last year, I just didn't get it. Why do we need to fight over a ball? Are there not enough balls in the world? Like surely, like if Sheridan stepped up footy production, right? There would be enough balls for one footy ball per player. You mean Sharon, but yes. Or there what? Yeah, is it oh, is Sheridan or Sharon? Sharon? Wait, Sheridan's the um, the the towel brand. This is really showing how much I know about footy. Um, <laughs> but do you know what? The, some players might use some Sheridans at halftime. Who knows? Yeah, I, I reckon the main discussion at halftime with the coaches is whether the thread count is two hundred or four hundred. <laughs> I reckon that's a, a crucial play they really need to call. No, but like, I don't get it. Like, if that's fine, if you're fighting, why do we need to fight for the ball? Can't we just sit down and like, why do we have a roster? Everyone gets 10 minutes with the ball. Like, do we really need to kill each other? <laughs> just, just, to, I don't, I don't get it. But, um, did I tell you I'd been doing some work around the, uh, the local footy? Yes, a little while ago, you'd, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing some contract work where I just go around to, like, um, Division 2 matches, local footy. Um, yeah, just film those matches and, yeah. So that's really been my initiation to the whole footy world. Um, I, I always feel really self-conscious when I'm there. It takes a special breed of Australian to be a local footy, I reckon. I reckon, like, the most Aussie, like, that is a defining feature of whether you're a real Australian or not. Yeah. So I always like lay on this really thick Aussie accent when I'm there because I feel so self-conscious. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm picking up. I mean, I mean, some people did do French for a lot. Some people do Japanese. Um, I've been going really hard at Bogan. <laughs> I do have a much greater appreciation of the game now. Um, I think I like it more than I did before I took on the job. That's good. But easily the best part of the job uh, the snags. I've done it. I'm, it's basically like it's at a different ground every week. So I've been doing a tuck shop tour of the uh, 
Southern Footy League. And uh, yeah, I, if you need tips on like which tuck shop has the best chips, which one has the best snags, you know how those um, food magazines do their top 100 yeah. restaurants, or whatever, like the Michelin stuff. Yes, yes, yes. I, can, I reckon I can do a top 10 footy tuck shop list. And, uh, yeah. I reckon we make this a regular part of the show. You go around to all the footy grounds and like you review their snags and you give us a little uh, a bit about the snag and where it's from, maybe who made it as well. Because if, if anything screams high class fine dining, it's an Aussie snag. Yeah. I reckon after you do the footy leagues, I reckon we do a Bunnings tour and do the snags there. <laughs> Funny thing is, for me, there's a, a very controversial topic. There's a Bunnings being opened up um, near, or near our house. And the v- big controversial topic about this is where are they going to put their snags? Because it's right on the main road, not much room going in. So it's going to be a tough one where they're going to put them. Isn't there like a hotel? It's a Bunnings Hotel, right? Yeah, it's a Bunnings Hotel. So I wouldn't, if I was to go to a five-star hotel, I wouldn't want some random Stuart buying, um, I know, wood downstairs while I'm having a spa day. I don't know what five-star hotel people do, but... Maybe the breakfast buffet is just all snags. Oh, I can get behind that. All snags, and then there's a ketchup pool. And when you get your massage, instead of the cucumbers on the eyes, there'll just be some nice uh, onion there for you. Are you an onion first or onion like on, onion on top of the snag or onion on the bottom of the snag? Onions on top, easy. Uh, you got to get the sauce in with the onion, I reckon. Wasn't there that whole controversy when they put them on the bottom for OH&S? And then people, there was like, um, wasn't there like a change.org thing to boycott Bunnings? I, but... I seriously think this again very controversial. I think the onion should go on the bottom. Really, it belongs on the bottom. And why do you say that? I mean, like, you get more onion on there. It's just as simple as that. It's a pretty genius way to do it, in my eyes. Just more onion onto the bread, snag on top, creates a nice bed for the snag, so the so the former cow is comfortable, and then you can chow down like feeling good. You know, I think it's a cow. <laughs> you, you never know about buddy snags. Uh, cow, asterisk. <laughs> cow rodent uh, mixture. <laughs> Inverted commas, meat. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, if you are still listening, firstly, what are you doing? <laughs> but thank you. We, we do enjoy you being here. Thank you for being here. And if you would like to reach out to the podcast, I uh, would be happy to hear from you. There is a very low bar to write in. We will read anything out um, that we get because we probably will only get like, what do you reckon, Jimmy? Two emails? Three max, maybe? Two or three thousand, I think, will uh, be enough. Two or three? Yeah, of course. Two to three grand. Um, but just send them to Daniel. Send them to Daniel. Yeah. I don't want to read your messages. I am the... the <laughs> I am what many consider to be the star of the show, so I just rock up and do my thing and leave. So, uh, send it to Daniel. He does the work. <laughs> you, you don't believe how long it takes to get him out of his trailer before the show. The, the makeup lady. Obviously, yeah, so there's a very low bar to write in. Um, we will read anything. But there's a very high bar to, to come onto the show and be a guest or to host a show. As uh, Jimmy, obviously, what makes you qualified for the show, I think, is that you are the Don of Doncaster. Yeah, I'm, I'm the Don. I, that's Putting the Don back in Doncaster, what, what, what does the Don have to do? 
What are their official responsibilities? The official responsibilities of the Don. Yeah. I walk around and tell people that I'm the Don. Right. And demand respect from it. <laughs> is, is that that's, it? That's basically, that's basically what I do as the Don of Doncaster. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you something about my, my power as the Don, right? So I, was, um, I went out to a bar, me and my cousin, some of his friends, Right, and we started talking to like the bouncer, and like I told him, right. and I told him, oh, they call me the Don of Doncaster. This guy just absolutely loved it. This was like the greatest thing he ever heard in his life. The next week, my cousin goes back to the bar without me. It's like another group of friends, and like the bouncer goes to him, "Where's the Don?" <laughs> he, he demanded to see the Don. So he saw that the Don wasn't there, but the Don's power, it, it really influenced this bouncer. And he dragged them from the back of the line to the front of the line. It was, for him, it was a great moment. Does the Don wear a hat saying, make Doncaster great again? No, I go, a, a red I go for like the whole Sicilian mafia look, big black overcoat with like the arms not in there, like a nice hat, <laughs> nice suit. I got enough that you can't refuse. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, Jimmy's the Don of Doncaster, and that's what qualifies him to host the show. Um, oh my goodness, my mic has just fallen over. It's what I'll, I'll organize the ladies and gentlemen, the lady and gentlemen at home, I should say. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. What should I talk about? Oh, I've got a box. The Don of Doncaster got a box full of just Milo out of nowhere and like I've got no idea what to do with him I just got a box full of Milo just sitting in my sitting in my house um apparently you eat Milo um I put it in milk <laughs> yeah so Daniel Shen I need your help here because obviously I can't hold an audience for uh more than 30 seconds on my own Hello, hello, I am back, I am back. The mic is back on. Um, and yeah, once again, professionalism. Um, yes, but whatever you do, just don't leave me alone with the uh, audience ever again. Um, <laughs> you you kind of threw, threw a curveball and I did not deal with it very well. Um, yeah, so you're qualified because you're the Don of Doncaster. Yes. And I'm qualified because of my connections to the British royal family. Like, does that come as a shock to you? It does come to a shock to me. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Will and Kate and uh, our family were basically best friends. Um, I met them in Sydney in 20, 2014. We're just hanging out, you know, asked them. They were about, like, 100 metres away with 20 security guards, um, a line of police, there was some fencing, and then lots of other people were hanging out with them at the same time. But uh, we're basically best friends, you know. That's how normal people hang out, right? Um, like two hundred meters away. Oh yeah, that's that's how my uh, that's how my neighbors hang around me. <laughs> now it's time for Doozy's special guest of the week. Should I introduce him, or should you introduce him? You can introduce him if you want. I'm just that big of a fan of his. I just I think I'll just get cold feet and um, stuff this up. So I'll leave you the honor. Yeah, just freak out a I'm bit. I'm freaking yeah. out a little bit. I'm surprised that we can get a man of his caliber 
There's a solid 50 subscribers to his YouTube channel. Excuse so me, Demetrian. I think more than that, thank you very much. <laughs> 141, I um, think. So, last count. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> You're disrespecting your guests a little bit here, Jimmy. <laughs> order, order. <laughs> the guest will not speak. Until he's been formally oh, introduced. Sorry, what a power move! I couldn't right help there. myself. <laughs> well, I well, had a big spill to do, but you've ruined it now. Sorry. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do yeah, it anyway. Shush. <laughs> now, 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 Jimmy. Some shows like I don't know Joe Rogan, Hamish and Andy, the, the big top tier shows, they can get world number ones on their show. We're talking Hollywood actors. Um, like Nobel Peace Prize winners, maybe. These are the caliber of guests they're getting on the show. And, um, yeah, you know what our, what our answer to that is? Well, we have better. We too can get a world number one. Of course. We, we have the best in the world. Literally the best. Ladies and gents, you are in for a real treat tonight. Some would describe what he does as wording up. Some would call it just padding, uh, flamboyant, flowery language. All we know is... His name is Chris Thompson. He's with us right now. Hello, Chris. Hi there, Jimmy. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me on. And thank you for a very kind introduction. It's great to be here. Now, Chris, it's an absolute honor to have you on the show. Let's just go through the greatest hits of your wording up career so far, shall we? Sure, by all means. So w when would you say that you've realized you had this incredible gift to mankind? Well, I think the first time I really had to word up was probably in year seven, and it was in year seven music in particular. Um... I'm not sure if you remember, Jimmy, I know Daniel Daniel does, but we had a, a year seven music assignment where everyone was given an instrument to, to write a piece on and people were getting the piano, the violin, things like that. And, it, and, and the teacher came to me and she said, Chris, you'll be doing the triangle as my instrument. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was forced to word up. But at least, Chris, they gave you an instrument that you're able to play perfectly. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. I've never thought of it that way. Chris, you've kindly sent in your assignment for us to read. I've got it right in front of me right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got to admit, this is a masterpiece. Well, thank you. You know when they dig up the remains of like Mozart's first work or like an old art piece by Picasso, mm. like his first piece? I would say this is exactly the same caliber as that. Well, thank you. I mean, like my favorite part of the assignment, I'd have to say, is here we go about two pages in oh, wait, pages you've got a heading called what does the triangle look like so basically you go on to spend like two paragraphs explaining that the triangle looks like a triangle absolutely right i think by the question by the time i'd reached the question whereby i had to describe what the triangle looked like as an instrument i thought surely they're taking the mickey but um <laughs> had, had to soldier on had to soldier <laughs> this is so good We've got, um, how's the triangle held? Can you play long and short notes on the triangle? And then you do what is a pro move, which is the classic, when you have nothing to talk about your subject, gradually just start talking about a completely different subject. Mm. Um, and you go on to talk about the maracas, guairo, the cabasa, tambourine symbols, castanets gone, and xylophone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. Oh my goodness! Uh, I'm just in your just in your bibliography right now. Yeah. Um, we've got some great sources. <laughs> we've got percussion and electronic instruments. Uh, with a Wikipedia article for triangle. 
Wikipedia for percussion instrument, hand percussion, yeah. and a good old kidsworld.com <laughs> article about shake it up with percussion instruments. Oh, oh, dear. Goodness me. Goodness me. Wikipedia, that's a bit of a sin. To put Wikipedia in your bibliography. Oh. I'm not sure what's worse. I'm not, not sure if Wikipedia or kidsworld.com is worse. Perhaps the latter. But do you know what? I think at the time it was acceptable. Year seven, first year into high school, they were they were a bit easy on us with the old um, bibliographies. So we'll let that slide. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jim. But I must say, heroic piece of wording up. To go on to such a tangent like that. <laughs> uh, can I just? I don't want to. I don't want to um, toot my own horn here or play my own triangle by any means. But eight hundred and sixty-nine words we got to in the end. So I just want to have that on the record. How does a triangle produce sound? <laughs> when the metal beater is struck against the metal of the triangles, it produces a light ping sound, which is classified as music. <laughs> you really had to emphasize that it was actually an instrument and not just a kid's toy. Yeah. Well, do you know what? This is, um, this is very good for the young viewers at home to have such an experienced legend of the game right here explaining his craft when he was a youngster as well. So... Uh, it's an honor. Ah, thank you. Uh, Chris, would you say that your next career highlight is uh, year nine geography with your 10 and a half minute uh, presentation <laughs> on soil salinity? <laughs> oh, that, that was another career highlight. I remember, <laughs> I remember giving that presentation. Uh, no one was listening. Um, what the teacher was listening. No one else was listening. I went on a tangent, but you know, to be, to be fair, Shen, can I just, can I just say you are the man who gave a half hour presentation on recycling in year seven, that the teacher had to ask you to cut Wait, short. So, so there's a story behind that. Um, so basically I, I was so not prepared for that. And the night before I'm like, you know what, there's this article on what you can recycle. I'm just going to copy and paste the dot points from that and just read them out and then add these super extravagant slideshow uh, animations and uh, we'll see how we go. And, uh, and what happened next could only be described as history. Absolutely. I use every single animation in the PowerPoint library <laughs> in one presentation. Oh, it was a great moment. And it saved because I remember I was coming up next because Shen Thompson came after Shen and I was going to present that day. And I was sure that I was going to present, but then Danny Shen comes over the top with a half hour presentation. The bell goes and I was saved. So I actually have to give you a bit of credit for that, Shen. But I reckon soil salinity comes close to that. It was another, it was um, another big moment for sure. Yeah. I, I reckon in sleep labs all around the country, people who go there to get their insomnia cured, I reckon there's a classroom just down there with that recording of your soil salinity presentation. And they play that over and over again, and they just drop like flies. Oh, I actually, I kind of, I kind of like Soul Lindy Shen. Don't don't bag it, man. Well, geography is a it's a good subject. It's current. It's informative. It's relevant. <laughs> it's relevant. Yeah. What 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 can the, a subject be? Oh, I, I I am a big supporter. of I know you are more of a history man, Dimitri, but um, geography all the way for me, my friend. I'm a geography over history. Are you actually? But, oh, ah, uh, yes. Well, I'm glad, that's surprising. I'm very glad to hear that. I know Shen, Shen's definitely a history man, though. I don't think Jimmy can say he's a geography man when he <laughs> quit Unit 1, 2 Geography halfway Ooh. through the year. Dimitri. Well, I saw the possibility to muck around at Accounting 1, 2. Oh, I've heard good stories about that as well. 
<laughs> and uh, I took that. I remember our geography teacher, when you left, we talked to him about it and he was like, nah, he'll be back. He'll be back in no time. <laughs> and um, yeah, famous last words. Those were. Never returned. No. no. He's still waiting to this day. <laughs> <laughs> the banter that him and I had was electric, but... <laughs> <laughs> But the uh, the content wasn't so electric. <laughs> well, perhaps not. The three and a half hour bus ride <laughs> to and back for <laughs> the excursion that was well, it was entertaining. Not for sure. But <laughs> all I remember from geography excursions is like, do you remember Phillip Island, twenty fifteen? Very fondly, very fondly. It's the one where we drove um, two and a half hours to take a photo of a car park, <laughs> a toilet, and a sign. <laughs> Essential stuff. Good old management strategy, Sation. Oh, do you want to give a two-hour presentation on that one? Well, that's too, actually a, a lot of what uh, senior geography was about was actually management strategies. And I think management strategies is kind of a – it's a management strategy is just a thing. You can, you can just replace it with a thing. It's something that's made. Anything can be a management strategy. Anything you can think of is a management strategy, really. Look at him go, Jimmy. He's still got it in him right now. He's loving it. He's, <laughs> he's, never been, he's loving it. This is the most excited he's been in isolation. <laughs> not, not, Dimitri, not only in isolation, mate, both in and outside of isolation, I would say. Now, Chris, I reckon the absolute peak of your wording up career in high school, and honestly, I think this is your magnum opus, if Thank I'm honest. You is the 100-word sentence mm. in your The Great Gatsby That's essay. That's right. That's right. <gasps> Ladies and gents, you are hearing that correctly. This man wrote a sentence that was 100 words, and it is, it is every bit as disgusting as it sounds. <laughs> All right, you ready, guys? All right. Are we going to go through it? Here we go. Fitzgerald's reference to meteorological events, in particular the mentioning of varying levels of precipitation during the uncomfortable and ill at ease encounter between the star-crossed lovers that are Jay Gatsby and Daisy Buchanan proves instrumental in the establishment of the audience's understanding of the strained relationship between both individuals and ultimately climaxes in both the literal and metaphorical interpretations that comprise this influential novella's long-standing <laughs> impact and commentary regarding the decadence along the simultaneous desire for unnecessary wealth that has become so intertwined with both present-day North American values and those which bear historical significance of the setting and time period of Fitzgerald's piece. It's a mouthful. It's an asthma attack. That's what it is. That's, uh, the teacher reading that, um, I'm surprised that, like, they were able to cut the, get up and walk again after that. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy, like, when you get that kind of brilliance, it's just blinding, you know? Yes. And there weren't many ands as well, so um, I was surprised. Well, I appreciate you guys supporting it because, uh, you know, you read that sentence, you don't really know what it means. Uh, I don't even know what it means, to be honest, and I was the one that wrote it. So um, I'm glad that some people can appreciate it. And isn't that what, what's so great about wording up? Is that it's an entry-level sport. The, the, the bar to entry is so low, mm. anyone can do it. And the most important thing is you do not have to know what you're even talking oh, about. I think it's a requirement to not know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, Chris, on, yeah. on your YouTube channel, do we, um, if you, for those who don't know, um, is MFB Pumper. 
on YouTube. <laughs> Please subscribe. Please subscribe. 141 <laughs> subscribers. I just checked. Thank you. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm actually a big fan of your work, um, all joking aside. And um, my, one of my youngest cousins loves the fire truck videos that you put up. So no, thanks. That means a lot. I'd encourage the viewers to, you know, check out a few few fire trucks putting videos if that's if that's what they're interested in because there are a lot of communities out there. I mean, people know train spotting, quite obvious. Uh, another big community, bus spotting. People go out and film buses. And uh, one that I discovered the other day, rubbish truck spotting also exists. I've also seen people film the, the Green Man um, traffic light sequence. Really? Yeah, and... I do, I do love this noise. Like it's oh, the you one do it thing well. I miss whenever I go to this. You do it really, really well, Jim. It's just the, the biggest thing I miss whenever I um if I go overseas or if I leave um the state or do anything like that. Just that traffic light noise. We we were lucky that we were already on zero listeners before the fire <laughs> truck and uh, traffic. I think you're truck. on negative one now, Shen. It'd be great to do it live and like see how many people just decline off <laughs> just slowly, slowly. <laughs> <laughs> we might get 10 people at the start and then like towards the end we just get like one person you just kind of put it on mute <laughs> Chris what do you remember of the Thompson United Party well the Thompson well it was it was kind of a fake political party that I created during my year 10 years it was a very interesting time of my life to say the least I probably wasn't <laughs> in the best uh, headspace back then um, but some strange things happened in year 10. What can I say, Shin? And uh, did, the, did the TUP win that election? Oh, in my mind, they probably did, yeah. Also had a bit of a uh, – that was that was during the time, and Jimmy will be acutely aware of this, when I had a bit of a, an obsession with The Chase, which is a good TV show, but, um, you know, you don't <laughs> want to take your passion for it too seriously. Well, um, I remember you taking it so far as that you didn't. You wrote a wiki how on how, <laughs> how to cure your friend of a wiki ch- of a chase addiction. Oh dear, you're exposing me, Jimmy. I did. I think <laughs> I think anyone who's writing wiki how articles has too much time on their hands. <laughs> it, it goes deeper than that. Did at one point, um, you started assigning. Like chase the personalities to people. I did. I was um. I was. I remember being the host. Yeah, that you were. A, you were honor. the host. You were the host, Jimmy. The sort of charming but uh, perhaps slightly squeezy <laughs> host. <laughs> <laughs> that was the role you were assigned. Uh, yes. No, I did write that WikiHow article, but it was taken down. It was sadly taken down by the moderators for not for being a um sarcastic or illegitimate article, which. wait your love for the chase was so intense they were like no one could possibly love the show that's right the moderator apparently uh thought that it was not possible to love the chase that much it wasn't a serious article (laughs) don't don't ever get to that extent curb your addiction no but i think it was good and we we all signed your little um board game after at the end of high school i did i gave a um one of my one of my good friends, Matt, uh, got all the all the chases, the fake chases, to to sign the board game. It's actually quite a good board game. I recommend it. The chase board game, uh, very good. I think it's only about twenty five dollars, so it's a bargain. Or five dollars from the Target reject <laughs> next to our Christmas album. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Chris. Uh, absolute pleasure to have a number one world champion on the show. Well, thank you for um, having me, guys. It's been a lot of fun, so I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chris. Cheers, Jim. 
<laughs> and that's a fantastic yacht to just go out on. All right, ta-ta and farewell. <laughs>